0: Welcome to Chabad Inspiration, and another session of Tanya Inspiration based on the teachings of Rabbi Schneier Zalman, the founder of Chabad. On the opening page of the Tanya, Rabbi Schneier Zalman quotes a famous verse, Ki karei hadavar b'ficha Loosely translated, God says to every single person, the Torah is exceedingly close to you, to perform it, b'ficha in your world of the mouth, which is speech, uvilvavcha in the world of your emotions and your heart, and asise, which means in the world of action. God says to the Jewish person, yes, you can do it. Perhaps a little bit similar to what the United States Army slogan was, be all you can be. But Judaism clearly demands from us, ki Not only is that a statement of a compliment, which means you can easily do this, it's exceedingly close to you, but it's also a demand. God says, I gave you all of this talent, I'm waiting for you to fulfill it and to maximize it. In fact, for 49 days, when we count the Omer between Pesach and Shavuos, between the exodus of Egypt and receiving the Ten Commandments and the Torah at Mount Sinai, during the holiday of Shavuos, some 50 days later, we are told to count every single day another aspect of our personality, to focus on what is it that I can do today to remove the dirt, as we say in Yiddish, the Shmutz, which covers up on the beautiful diamond of sefira, of counting. And as Rabbi Alman Zalman in numerous places explains, That counting in Hebrew is the word usfartem. And usfartem comes from the expression sapir, which is the sapphire stone. We are to make our stone, our diamond shine brightly. Hashem expects his children to be true princes and princesses. After all, if our father is God himself, then obviously his children should reflect their Heavenly Father, their Infinite Father, God in Heaven. So when the Torah demands from us to maximize our potential, sometimes there's a challenge with that. The challenge is, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes there's a sense of shame and a sense of hypocrisy. Because most people know that they're not as perfect As they would like to be. So why all of a sudden are you trying to embark on a journey of self-perfection, so to speak? And not, God forbid, perfection because this is a self-actualization session. But from a Torah point of view, God gave you on loan gifts and talents. It's not a question of us being the best that we have. We don't have anything in our own. But God invested in us and gave us these strengths and these talents. So if we don't use it, it's actually an insult. And we're saying to God, I know you invested. I'm not going to make anything out of it. So we're basically saying to God, you wasted your time, you wasted your effort, and you wasted your resources. So it's not a question of ego or arrogance. It's a question of honor and respect to the investor, almighty God, who had the confidence in us, and said, I trust you as the custodian of this particular gift and talent, I know you're going to maximize it. However, we're challenged with the fact that we know that our lives don't always reflect the idealism that we believe we would like to reflect. In English, that's called hypocrisy. You're preaching and you're saying one thing, and when we take a close look at the individual's life, it doesn't exactly always line up comes along Rabbi Alman Zalman in chapter 28 of the Tanya and says, this is a Hasidic question. Why? Since much of Hasidic philosophy is based on worshipping God through the element of prayer, and prayer, as Rabbi Alman Zalman elaborates at great length throughout the Tanya, is not just coming to God with a shopping list and saying, Almighty God, you know, I got these 25 things that I'm begging you, please do this for me, so I'm here to pray. On some level, that's a little bit of a childish prayer. Although that's true, we need to ask for our requests. Buzar Rabbi Shneir Zalman explains, prayer also has a much deeper, much more mature dimension to it. Prayer in Hebrew is tefillah. Tefillah, the root word of that is tofel, which means to connect. Says Rabbi Erzalma, you know what prayer is really all about? It's when we take children who are lost from their father. When we take a father who's desperately looking for his children and we reunite them, that is the pleasure that God and the Jewish children have during the moment of prayer. That is when the Jew and God embrace each other and hug and God says, I've been looking forward to this prayer. I remember somebody once asked me one day, why do Jews pray three times a day? Doesn't that seem to be a little bit uh, too much? And I basically quoted the Tanya and I asked him a simple question. How many times a day do you love your children that you would love to give them a hug? If you saw them in the morning and then after a day of work, you come home in the afternoon or the early evening, you say to yourself, well, I already hugged my kids this morning, so I'm good to go. Or do you honestly say, it's been already five, six hours, I haven't seen my kids, where are they? And before they go to bed in the evening, you want to read them a story and give them a kiss on their forehead and wish them good night. God is no different. The Jewish people are God's children. In the morning we wake up and there's the prayer of Shachris, the morning prayer. In the afternoon God says, could you do me a favor and stop for a few moments, I'd like to talk to you. And we have the prayer of Mincha. And then before we go to bed, God says, hold on a second. Before you go to sleep, can I give you a good night hug, a kiss? And we have the prayer of Shema that we say before we go to bed. So essentially, the Jew is trying to reconnect through the element of prayer. God and the Jew are are experiencing an amazing moment of each embracing the other with a hug through the words of the prayer. It's only an instrument. But Rabbi Alman Zalman asks in chapter 28, how can I pray when I know in my own heart and my own mind that very often during my prayers, my mind drifts off and I end up thinking about something that has nothing to do with the prayer. Hopefully it's something kosher. And sometimes even unfortunately the mind can drift off and end up where it doesn't even belong. It's not so kosher. And perhaps not so appropriate. And as Rab Schneir's Alman goes on, it may even be something that's actually repugnant and repulsive. So if that's the case, the Jew comes along and says, Out of respect to God, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to invite God for a private moment. Because I I want to say to God, I want to think about you exclusively. I want to give you a hug. And all of a sudden, as I'm giving him the hug, my mind is drifting elsewhere. So what's the point of the prayer? If prayer is supposed to be on my connecting with God. Seemingly here, while I'm connecting, my mind is drifting elsewhere. Says Rabbi Shneir Zalman, this is a fundamental mistake. This hypocrisy business is only hurting us. He says, why? What is hypocrisy? Says Rabbi Shneir Zalman in the Hebrew, and therefore, when your godly soul inside of you makes this great effort, to pray, then the opposite side of impurity, as a gamma klipa the negative side, the evil side, the yetsahara, also tries to strengthen herself and try to challenge you and block you from doing this very beautiful, noble deed of connecting to God. And it tries to confuse her Pila and to knock her out with foreign thoughts, which will distract the soul from connecting to God. Says Rabbi Shneer Zalman, don't worry about it. Because it's not as if you only have one soul, one identity, and you're like a schizophrenic who's bouncing back and forth, and you're not sure, do I want to talk to God, or do I want to think about my upcoming business meeting? Says Rabbi Schneir Zalman, that's not correct. You have one soul that's a divine soul, the godly soul, and that soul exclusively wants to connect to her Father in Heaven. But you also have an additional soul. And that soul is the animalistic soul, the nefesh abamis, the soul that's purely emotional, like an animal, who seeks with full emotions and zero intelligence. It's simply seeking to fulfill its desires. So therefore, says Rabbi Shneir Zalman, if that's what your soul is, that you actually have two of them, don't think you are a hypocrite. The kito'o s'ayilam, says Rabbi Shneir Zalman on the bottom of page 69, page Lamed Hay, chapter 28 of Tanya. Not like the mistake that the world makes. They make the mistake to try to prove from the very fact that you have foreign, inappropriate thoughts during davening, during prayer. Then obviously, your prayer is worthless. Because if you were praying appropriately, and correctly, You would never have these inappropriate foreign thoughts. You would have been right. If you only had one soul alone, and she was the only soul that was praying to her Father in Heaven, then you would be right. Because if she only had one soul, then I would say that she's the one, the very same soul that's praying, is also thinking and contemplating all these inappropriate thoughts these foreign thoughts however since the truth really is that there are there are two souls within you which are at battle and war with each other but in your mind shall and every of every single human being and each one of these souls wants absolute control of the human being's condition. Your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, they're both fighting for the peace of territory. And therefore, says Rosh Alman, Zalman, the good thoughts that you're having, the hug that you want to give your father, that the princess is desperately trying to hug God, that's emanating, and the source of that is your godly soul. However, the inappropriate thoughts That's a good sign. That's a sign that the opposing soul is beginning to realize she's going to lose the war. So out of a desperate act, it's desperately trying to distract you. So in a sense, says Rabbi Shneir Zalman, is hypocrisy bad or good? It's actually a sign that you're trying to do the right thing. And all of a sudden, your mind is out of the blue, suddenly starting to feel guilty I'm not worthy of this, I shouldn't be trying to start a a new, turn the page and start a new beginning because of a negative past. Says Abshneir Zalman, who is saying that? What's the end result of what you're trying to say? The end result is you're going to revert back to a negative behavior. The end result is you're going to stop talking to your father in heaven, stop talking to God. If that's the case, obviously it's not coming from a good source. So who else has a vested interest here to convince you to stop talking to God, that would be the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, the Nefesh Abamis. Although they are really separate individuals, but just for the sake of the conversation, let's lump them together. The Yetzirah and the Nefesh Abamis, the evil evil inclination and the animalistic soul. They have their own agenda, and they know if they can win the battle with intelligent thinking, they're going to win the battle by throwing you off with emotional guilt feelings, which are completely misplaced. And therefore, based on this piece of Tanya, Rabbi Shneir Zalman empowers us to know we are never facing hypocrisy. Because hypocrisy means you have a baseline who you really are, and any deviation of that, well, that's really a show it's, it's not true. It's false. Says Rabbi Shneir Zalman, let me turn the tables on you. It's just the opposite. Your true baseline is what is your godly soul. That's who you are. That's the real person inside of you. You are a princess, you are God's child, and you love your father in heaven, and your father loves you in return. In addition to that soul, you were given another soul that's here to give you extra credit by trying to tease you and trying to throw you off course. And if you are victorious, and you triumph, and you stay the course, and you succeed, then God will reward us even more than that. So we will have a greater reward. And in that sense, that is the reason why in the first law of the code of Jewish law in the Shulchan Aruch, which is very similarly clo- quoted also as well in the fifth chapter of Ethics of Our Fathers, we read, Yehuda ben Tamer, Yehuda, the son of Tamer would say, az kanamer, be bold as a leopard. The Kal Kanesher, and light as an eagle. run as quick as a deer, the Gibr and be as strong and powerful as a lion. Shabashamayim. To fulfill the will of your Father in heaven. In other words, the Mishnah is telling us we're a demand and a compliment at the same time. The Mishnah is saying, Yes, you can do it. You have the ability to be as bold as a as a leopard light on your feet as an uh, eagle, you can run as quick as a deer, and you can be as strong as a lion to implement the desire and the will of, God, of, of Hashem, our Father in Heaven. It is very much paralleled <clears throat> excuse me, to a letter that the Rebbe writes, which is printed in the Rebbe's writings on the Kutas Sichus, volume 11, page 211, where the Rebbe writes to somebody I heard and I was pained to hear that your mood is down. And I say, says the Rebbe, I am very upset about it because I didn't expect that from you. And even if you're going to tell me that there are reasons for it, the Rebbe says, I believe that you have the strength to overcome it. And then the Rebbe puts in a line which is highly unusual but very empowering. And the Rebbe says, every single individual on planet Earth, every nivra, every creation, has two opposites. On the one hand, you're nothing but a creation of God. You're a limited, finite creation who was sent down to the planet Earth for X amount of years. And as such, you're finite. And let's be honest with ourselves and stop taking credit for ourselves. Somebody else, which is God, put us into this world. So stop being, as we say, such a chacham. Stop being such a wise guy. It all belongs to God anyway. So what you can't, you can't. And what you can, you can And that's it. Says the Rebbe, but that's incorrect. Because the moment you come to the recognition that it's actually not your strength. So if that's the case, if I don't represent myself because I didn't make myself, then who do I represent? Then I represent the infinite creator of the universe. And the infinite creator of the universe is God himself, and he's Qel He can do anything. So if God can do anything, and right now I am God's ambassador on planet Earth, I am God's representative, then by extension, as God's representative, I am, I am empowered to achieve the impossible. I can do anything. Not on my own behalf, as the Rebbe uses the words, because on your own, you're a loy mamish. You're right, you're literally nothing. If you're arrogant about it and you're taking credit for yourself and you're claiming I'm self-made. But the moment I let go of my own ego and I embrace the fact that I'm not self-made and my entire existence is nothing more than a reflection of my Creator and my Creator and my Father in Heaven is unlimited and Ke'el Yochel can do the impossible, can do anything, then all of a sudden we too become empowered and we can, come, we can overcome any obstacles and any challenges. So may Hashem grant us that we should have the strength and the wisdom and the knowledge, the clarity of the path, as we say, Azeo chacha Areya Sanoilad, Rabbi Shneir Zalman quotes it often in his writings, who is a wise person, one who can foresee the future, one who can foresee as anayilad, what's going to be born. In other words, imagine the video in the movie, all the way in your mind till the end. What's the last chapter? The last chapter of that story is success. And if you're going to see it in your mind and you will visualize the success, then you will actually hit your target. As as, as the saying goes, how do you expect to hit your target if you don't even have one? So the moment we put up a target and we realize that our target is to nail all of our talents and success that God gives us, and to maximize it, and to utilize our abilities, and more than anything else, the ability that God gives us to perfect His world, as we say at, at the end of the Aleinu, to make the world a perfect home for God's presence with the coming of Mashiach, by taking upon ourselves with determination, with the boldness of the of the leopard, and the light, uh, the light being of an eagle and the swift running of the deer and the strength of the lion, we will merit to see that great, wonderful, beautiful, happy day with the coming of Mashiach. now. Thank you very much for joining.